Company of Heroes 3 is a World War II real-time strategy game set in the North African and Italian theaters. Players build base structures, control units, control key points, and destroy the enemy in order to achieve victory. COH3 is the sequel to 2013's Company of Heroes 2. So what's new this time around? There are four factions to choose from at launch. The British Forces, the United States, the Africa Corps, and the Wehrmacht. Company of Heroes 1 and 2 launched with two factions, so big props to Relic. Company of Heroes 2 had some strange design elements for the factions that limited who I wanted to play as. Soviets were too commander-dependent, the US forces initially lacked basic support weapons, the OKW had mobile bases that could be destroyed. However, in Company of Heroes 3, I have fun playing whichever faction, and I don't feel like I'm gimped by hard design elements. So I definitely feel like I'm encouraged to try out the factions, and that's definitely a big positive in a real-time strategy game. There's also two campaigns, which is great. There's a Total War-esque campaign based on the Italian campaign, with turn-based elements as well as real-time battles. There's also a mission-based linear campaign, like most traditional RTS games, centered on the North African campaign. I tried a bit of the Italian campaign, and I found it boring and lackluster, but a number of patches were released to address the AI and bugs, so I may revisit the campaign later on. I haven't had a chance to try out the North African campaign, so I can't say anything about it yet. Uh, even though I wasn't impressed with the Italian campaign, I commend Relic for trying something new, and it definitely has the potential to be a good campaign and single-player experience that players can enjoy. Unfortunately, there are some big negatives with this game. COH3 is a victim of gaming's current trends. I want to take some time to highlight what's wrong with this game, along with the problems of modern-day gaming. I'll mainly focus on the multiplayer aspect of COH3. While single-player and skirmish modes are important, the most passionate and invested fans play multiplayer. Company of Heroes 2 was supported by its multiplayer community for a decade, giving detailed feedback, helping balance the game, and sustaining the game with a consistent player base. I didn't manage to obtain a free copy of COH3, but I won't be sugarcoating my feedback. Video games are a product, and just like any product, you need it to sell well so you can make money. It is in the developer's best interest to create a good product so the consumer will have reason to purchase it. Part of developing and selling a good product is ensuring each iteration of that item is better than the previous form. Imagine designing a backpack or a bag. If customers complain about, let's say, the lack of pockets or the durability or the comfort of the straps, you'll see companies go back and release an improved version. It's common in cars too. Maybe you'll increase the fuel efficiency or add new safety features like a backup camera or driver assistance. The point is, you always want to improve upon the product because you want the user to be satisfied with it and therefore you increase brand loyalty, individuals will buy more of your products, they'll keep supporting your company and therefore spend more money. It's the same thing for video games. If you're developing a game, especially a sequel, you want to ensure well-received portions of the previous title are retained or improved while correcting the parts that were poorly received. 
Let's take the Grand Theft Auto series as an example. Grand Theft Auto Vice City expanded upon Grand Theft Auto 3 by having a voiced protagonist, a bigger map, and flyable planes, just to name a few. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas built upon Vice City by having an even bigger map, swimming, character customization, and much more. Total War Warhammer 2 expanded upon Warhammer 1 by improving the gameplay and adding new races as well as a huge sandbox game mode. Pokemon Gold and Silver built upon Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow by introducing the Day-Night system, more Pokemon, having two regions, etc., etc. So, yes, you can even in video games, um, companies are always innovating. They're trying to improve upon their product. Unfortunately for us fans of the Company of Heroes series, Relic has not learned from the mistakes they made on Company of Heroes 2. I won't laundry list all of the items, but here are several things that left me scratching my head. Number one, negatively received abilities returning from Company of Heroes 2. COH2 players hated loiter planes, now infamously nicknamed skill planes, because they were simple point-and-click abilities that called in planes that dealt immense damage to the player's unit in a large area. These returned yet again to Company of Heroes 3 and were even stronger and faster than their COH2 form, which eventually got them nerfed. Major resource manipulation also made a return in COH3 and once again is only available to one faction. This allowed the Axis side to boost their fuel income to tech and acquire advanced units quicker, leading to imbalanced games. Number two, the user interface. You can't see your teammates' names on the battlefield. In Company of Heroes 2, you could click a teammate's unit and it would tell you who it belonged to. The fact that it's not even hotfixed into the game yet is a complete joke and a major downgrade. Number three, the presentation of COH3 is seriously lacking. I laughed when I looked at the cutscenes of the game. This game is made by a major developer, and they couldn't even afford to animate the cutscenes. The cutscenes look like amateur oil paintings that my little cousin could have drawn. It's 2023. Animated cutscenes are an industry standard. At least use in-game footage like Company of Heroes 2 or Company of Heroes 1. And number four, speaking of 2023, I'm highlighting this because, to me, it's the most egregious thing missing from Company of Heroes 3. And that is a friggin' reconnect feature. It's 2023. I'm going to repeat that again. It's the year 2023. When Company of Heroes 2 released in 2013, sure, maybe it wasn't feasible to add a reconnect feature whenever you disconnect from a game. And I was like, yeah, fine. You know, the other parts of the game are all right, so I'll stop grumbling about it. I'll stop complaining. Ten years later, there's absolutely no excuse. You can reconnect to a League of Legends game in 2010. You can reconnect in Valorant. You can reconnect to a game in Overwatch. You can reconnect to Dota 2 and Heroes of the Storm. How is this not possible in Company of Heroes in the year 2023? Yes, I know I'm not a network engineer and I'm not a game developer. But that's why they have smart people working these positions. 
Every Company of Heroes 2 player remembers the dreaded bug splat crashes that plagued the game and the sync error detected messages. A missing reconnect feature is a big F you to people living in places with unstable internet. I'm lucky that I don't crash or disconnect too often, but it's not fair to players who bought the game and want to enjoy it fully. To me, this is inexcusable, and it's a major negative about this game. It feels like the devs are relearning things they learned in Company of Heroes 2. Again, I don't work in the industry, but it does seem like game studios have a moderate degree of turnover. The same individuals that made COH2 probably got assigned to another project, or maybe they got laid off, or they found another job. It's highly unlikely the team working on COH3 worked on the previous installment, which is all the more reason for a project manager or a developer to research what fans liked and disliked about Company of Heroes 2. Relic actually offloaded balance work to a select group of community members after the release of the COH2 expansion pack. It seems unlikely, at least to me, that Relic doesn't have notes or comments on debates over balancing issues. It's puzzling that all these negatively received abilities, units, balance decisions that occurred in Company of Heroes 2 made their way back in Company of Heroes 3, and it's really frustrating as a gamer. The first major patch for this game dropped on March 28th. It fixed numerous bugs and made adjustments to some of the most annoying abilities and units in the game. Most notably was the inclusion of an in-game store along with in-game currency that could be used to buy cosmetics. I'm not against games having in-game stores. If you like the product, I want to continue supporting it, go for it. What I am against is continued monetization of video games when the release product is lackluster or broken. As a gamer, my top priorities are to have a fun and functional game. Yet it seems that Relic prioritized making money off gamers over player enjoyment. There's still annoying bugs, Missing features like a functioning observer and replay system, balance issues, and so on. It doesn't seem far-fetched to assume that more progress could have been made improving the game if resources weren't spent on creating an in-game store. That's why I'm so fed up with modern gaming. If you make a solid product with strong fundamentals, people will support your game via microtransactions. Look at League of Legends. The game mechanics are sound. There's enough content to give players reasons to spend money on cosmetics and other goodies. Company of Heroes 3 is an unfinished game, and frankly, it's embarrassing. We're missing basic features in a competitive multiplayer game in 2023. In-game leaderboards, a functional replay system, observer mode, placeholder unit cards, that are straight from Company of Heroes 2, bugs, animation issues, criminally few maps, etc, etc. There were 8 hotfixes in a span of 3 weeks, which is a lot for a game that is on full release. Now it's great that Relic is fixing the game, but imagine if the game was delayed an additional 3 months or 6 months, we wouldn't have needed those hotfixes. Unfortunately, 
this is an issue that goes beyond Company of Heroes 3. More and more games are releasing unfinished the last several years. Battlefield 2042, No Man's Sky, Cyberpunk 2077, Halo Infinite, even the latest Pokemon games. It's a whole nother topic that requires a lot of time to go into, but there are a number of great YouTube videos that go into this. Simply put, technological improvements made it possible to patch and fix a video game after it is released. While this is a great development, companies are, and have, gotten away with releasing unfinished products just to work on them later. I don't want to sound unsympathetic to game developers. I understand COVID made game development extremely challenging, and virtually every major title the last year or two got delayed. Sometimes it's pressure from the publisher, management issues, or other things. I'm sure the game developers want to put out a solid, quality product. But as a gamer, it's frustrating because you expect to pay for a functional product at launch. And if there are issues, you essentially have to have blind faith that it's going to get resolved. The sort of positive news is all evidence points to Relic making improvements to the game. They released many hotfixes and a major patch in a span of a month. So props to them for trying to clean up the game. So the question really is when the game will be fixed, as opposed to will the game be fixed? The clock is ticking. COH3 has an average player account of only a couple thousand more than COH2, which is alarming. The sooner Relic makes adjustments to the game, the more likely players will continue playing. This is a beloved franchise with many fans. Don't let them down and destroy a franchise due to incompetence and disrespect to the community.